0: to hit that like subscribe and share a button everywhere facebook youtube anywhere you get your podcast gbr is always there but as usual george we got to thank tsr racing products chance performance parts brg 3d printed parts syntax printing out there in temple texas and driven racing oil or you can use the code gbr10 get yourself 10 percent off your order What's happening, man? You went racing this weekend for a little bit anyway.
1: I guess I did, if that's what you want to call it. Shoot. Uh had a pretty interesting first round over at Armore Dragway and and uh ended up taking Stripe 007. Uh had a MSD chip come out of my two-step. So I sat on the converter when I got ready to leave, and uh, needless to say, it's probably a good thing because um I was 10 on the tree. Otherwise, I probably would have been pretty late. You know what I mean? But <laughs> but um, got down there and knew I was holding uh, maybe three, maybe four just because I didn't have a time run. And um, and got a wind light. Well, second round, I'm a little lost because I got to put that old forty one hundred chip back in the car and uh, should have pulled some uh, should have pulled some some delay out of the truck. And I didn't. I don't know why I second guess myself. Uh, felt like I had a good hit at it and just didn't do it. You know how that goes. But a good racing weekend all together. It was nice out here.
0: Definitely man. Uh the weather's always getting a little bit better this time of year as long as you can stay away from the rain. But uh yeah, man, we might as well just bring our guest in right now, right?
1: I mean, I don't see why not. I mean, everybody's going to know who it is, professional drag racer. I don't know, maybe 106 national uh, NHRA wins and maybe three world championships. Who knows? I I think I got the numbers right. Uh, I know I got the numbers right. But uh, none other guys than Dan Fletcher himself. Dan, welcome to the show, sir.
2: What's up, fellas? Thanks for having me.
1: Uh, Thanks for taking out time out of your busy day. know you're probably getting ready to hit the road and head to some race. And uh hopefully turn on a few wind lights, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah, well, they come far and few between these days, but we're trying. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, you know something? So, uh and, and I'm, I bet you, you know what? I could probably get out of this seat and, and pick on anybody in our crowd right now to ask the first question. That's how often we ask it. And the question is, how did you get started in drag racing? Hmm.
2: Um. <clears throat> well, I think probably like most people you know through your through your through your dad i guess you know that's how i got started um my dad raced the whole time as a little kid from you know time i was a baby i was at the racetrack and really was ate up with it you know the whole whole time i was a little kid and uh you know couldn't wait to do it when it was my turn to do it and some some days it's i'm really glad about it and some days i'm not so glad about it but it's uh it's been a, a good good deal but you know like i say pretty much normal deal through your parents or through your father you know
0: right right man that's that's pretty much the same story for everybody it seems like uh i mean i know that both your boys racing are good racers in their own right also so they must have picked up a couple things from the old man every once in a while but uh yeah. What's the most important part, man? What would you say as far as a racing program's go- program goes for a successful racing program? What what would you say this is the number one thing you got to do? Is it is it money? Is it just time invested? I mean, I see you all the time out, out at Test and Tune at Galat. You'll make like one pass or a 60-foot run, and then you'll go home to work on something and just kind of, you know, just keep making laps. Yeah.
2: It's interesting, you know, because immediately my off the cuff would have been just most important thing is just dedication, preparation, putting in the time, attention to detail, blah blah blah. But I don't want something can you know trite whatever. But well, what you said at the get go money. Well, money helps. <laughs> money <laughs> fixes a lot of problems. I mean, it's you know no doubt about that. And I've. I mean, it's intuitively obvious, but until you just like we're saying it like that, I mean, I would just say work, hard work and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, hard work, if you don't have the money to buy the parts you need and do what you got to do and get where you got to go, then you can work as hard as you want. But if you don't have the the wherewithal to get there, that's, I guess, the way it is with anything in life, you know back to the first question how did i get into racing like everyone you know blah 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 family but it's funny when you say that one of one of my kids friends this kid from home ben affectionately known as bonds um his parents you know had nothing to do with racing at all well he was friends with my kids and he was more ate up with racing than any little kid you ever seen and now as a 30 year old adult he's ate up with racing so i guess there are are other ways into it you got to. If it's not your dad or your family, you got to be friends with someone that does it because he, he's just as over the edge as anyone ever could be. And yeah. his parents
0: didn't, couldn't spell race care. So it's uh, so it's your fault. You ruined his life too. A lot of lives.
2: So My was in, uh, in Buffalo, a very, uh, uh, well-to-do attorney named Paul Cambria. Um, He knew nothing about race cars at all. He was friends with another friend, blah, blah, blah. He bought one of my race cars. I had a a 2000 LT1 stocker, a Firebird, and he bought that back in, I don't know, probably the early 2000s or so. Well, that poor bastard, he's got two Copos now, a big stacker and, you know, this and that. He spent, I guarantee a million dollars on on drag racing because of me so <laughs> <laughs> just trying to spur the economy
1: <laughs> no it must be nice for sure so you know sticking along that those, those lines and kind of all the cars that we get and accumulate and parts and everything in your opinion what are the most important parts on the car to concentrate on making it repeat as often as possible in your opinion yeah
2: um right from the get-go, I mean, tires, you know, obviously I'm a, well, not obviously, but I'm a Mickey Thompson person. I've won 106 national events and um, every one of them, except the very first one has been on Mickey Thompson tires. Wow. Um, so a good, a good tire, a good slick is obviously super important and I'm not just trying to be a whore, but you know, tra- transient converter, you know, I mean, Iranian converter, rear tire, Um, the proper, it's not a component per se, but the proper recipe, the proper chocolate chip cookie, you know, having everything that works together to to repeat properly. Um, Shocks, obviously, proper suspension configuration and setup. Um, It's not rocket science, but, you know, you can also get lost too. But first thing I'd say is tires and then, you know, right rear gear the right tranny gear first gear right converter you know just having the right recipe you know and having the right components
1: yeah you say shocks too and i'm just going to throw a congratulations out i know everybody might know but dave conley uh purchased competitive suspensions and uh that's just going to be good for all parties involved so congratulations goes out Going bracket racing to uh, the new owners of competitive suspensions. Uh, don't be shocked if you see me uh, knocking on your doorstep for some work on my on my shocks. So, <laughs> <laughs>
0: so Dan, this day and age, we've kind of been already alluding to this question. But this day and age, can you get away with having a great car or a great driver, either or, or do you need the driver and the car to both be top tier? Because anymore, there is no leeway where, you know, back in the day, everybody, you'd say they hold a couple numbers, they put a wheel on you and just ride you through when everybody's back dialing on us back in the day. I'm sure that you were one of the first people to start spot dropping people back out in NHRA and stuff like that. We know Thomas, in, wasn't it Thomas that spun it around spot dropping? Yeah. 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 So Well, yeah. not spot dropping, but he spun it around. But, <laughs> but. Uh, but are there certain aspects of, uh, you know, like, for example, everybody says, and, and everybody might be right whenever they say this, Nick Hastings might very well be the greatest of all time. Is that because he's Nick Hastings or is that because of all the seat time he has?
2: Well, I, I don't mean to waffle, but I mean, it's not just one or the other. Obviously, he's just an amazing natural talent. You know, he's just—he's I mean, just so good. He's never going to be worse than, you know, I'll say mid twenty, but probably low twenty. And when he knocks a it red, it's never by more than a couple thou. I mean, he just—he never makes a bad run. Very disciplined. You know, make—and obviously, making a lot of runs helps. But nah, I'm not going to say making a lot of runs is overrated. But people always want to do a. When I was doing well in my heyday and you know winning a lot of NHRA stuff that I raced two cars and I raced a lot yeah it helps but I mean I felt like I would come out of the box strong at the Winter Nationals you know the first race of the year so seat time certainly helps um but just natural ability and preparation you know that so back to your original question of Can you, you know, is it all driver, all car? Can you get away with one or the other? Well, on any given day, you can get away with being, having a pile of shit car and being a terrible driver. But on any given day, you can be absolutely flawless and have your car be flawless and still get, you know, still get cracked. I mean, so there's so much luck involved, but I mean, obviously the better guys win more often and people might want to sit back and be bitter and, you know, how can that be? Well, they're better than you. You know, I right. mean that's just and back in the day and you know, when I quit Xerox to race full time, blah, 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 I was just better than everyone. I mean I, I did really well. Well, I'm just not better than everyone anymore. <laughs> everyone got a lot better. You know, I think I think I'm still pretty good, but everyone got so much better. And it just it's super, super competitive. The, the the talent differential is not – that's why it is so amazing that someone like Hastings or Sarah, you know, that a handful of guys can consistently win because there are so many guys out there that are so good, that are just so good. So for
0: these guys to win as often as they do, it just speaks to how really good they must be. You know? Right. Well, and uh, and we were talking about this a little bit with Jag last week where if you look through the results, like you can find anything that's been on Motor Mania TV, the results are on Drag Story. You can look at round by round and see what happens. There are a ton of times where someone like Nick Hastings or Jeff Serra leaves the starting line and if that's all you see, you're like, oh, they're done. But they somehow can turn it into a win because that's how good they really are. They can make you think something else is happening down the track as it's happening and make you mess a race up that you never should have lost. That's why they're so good. Yeah, well, I,
2: I mean, it's an interesting take or perspective. But, I get, again, I guess I would say why they're better is they're more disciplined. Because if their opponent was disciplined, it wasn't going to matter. You know, right. if his opponent if his opponent left with 10 or whatever and, and just drove – is right if car supposed to, if everyone's car did what it was supposed to when a left, and everyone executed it, did what their plan was. If they didn't have a flawed plan, then everyone would win every time, right? It's just who executes their plan better. Right. And those guys, exactly. I mean, you're right, you're right, don't make magic happen, you know. I mean, hell, oh, even someone like me makes magic happen on occasion. I mean, if you're <laughs> You're going far enough under, you got something to work with. Oh, i right. But if you dial yourself out of the race, you you kind of limit your options, you
1: know? right, right? And it's it's definitely spilling into the next question that we have on the list here. It just seems like nowadays, um, as opposed to maybe 20 years ago, and you'd be able to answer this probably better than myself. Me being getting ready to turn 38 and all. I mean, I ain't been racing that long, but. Seems like 20 years ago, you pull up and you're like, hey, I'm about to take you to the woodshed, and you're coming out of it. I'm, I'm definitely going to win this one. Nowadays, it's like, who, who's going to be taking who to the woodshed? Because everybody who's who's been around the sport and kind of has a little bit of seat time can seemingly be pretty hard to beat. So I don't know if you you if you want to expand on that, but seems like everybody's tough these days.
2: Yeah, well, there's no doubt, dude. Whether you're in your local track... An NHRA national event, stock eliminator, I mean, it. it everyone's everyone's good. I mean, it's just, it's incredibly hard to win. It's, that's why, again, it's so amazing those games flow back and win for another. Everyone's so good. So I don't really have a lot to say. I mean, it's, everyone's a good spotter. You know, I mean, just like an NHRA stock eliminator, you know, the NHRA crowd is predominantly an older crowd, You know a bunch of 60 and 70 year old guys or a lot of older people, whatever, that you wouldn't, you know, they didn't used to, when they when they were 20 years ago, when they were 40 or 50, they didn't drive very good. I think they've almost gotten better a lot of them. I mean, I've been, I've been dropped on my head by someone that I would never ever dream of that would ever hit the brakes, you know? I mean, it's just, there's a lot of people that drive now.
1: And, and I'm just sitting here thinking, and, and this isn't really a question we wrote down. I don't think it's anywhere further down the list either. But do you think we can contribute some of that, especially in the bracket racing uh, scene right now, to the motor manias of the world and all the live streams that are allowing so many people the ability to watch said racers and seeing what they're doing out there? I mean, Drag Racer TV will show you the, the Compulink or whatever live timing's going on. Uh, do you, you think that has anything to do with the Excel? Or, or should yeah. I say the the uh, the curb getting a little bit stronger?
2: Sure, I'm sure it does. There's a, a lot of different factors. I mean, but you know, like Luke Luke's website obviously is you know you know caught a lot of people out of race. A lot of people watching live streams. A lot of people watching at their local track. I mean, not I'm not like naming names or anything here, but you know, probably. I don't know. Twenty years ago, right, early two thousands. Um, I'll just call names. Jeff, i um, an older guy, Mopar guy, Buffalo, whatever, Louisiana. He would swear up and down that me and Peter Biondo, we were cheaters. We cheated. We cheated. We cheated. I mean, all day long. He's a nice guy. Don't get me wrong. Whatever. And but. He, he would swear to God that we were cheating. I mean, we had to be cheating. Yes, you had to be cheating. And then Kevin Helms took over like his manager of their whole race program and taught him how to race. And he came to me and apologized years later, you know, because he just he didn't, I guess, understand the the nuances or whatever of of, of holding or of you know just. of i been able to drive a right race here. not just hit the tree and drive to the finish line and, you know, whatever. So, yes, there's a lot of things. But information sharing, however it's being done, is clearly – people aren't just waking up in the morning and saying, you know what? I think if I, you know, hit the brakes here, I can lose 300. To, I have to win a race that I couldn't have won if it was huh. You
1: know, so whatever. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Hang in there, guys. You know how we do it here at the Going Brack Racing YouTube channel. We got more to come uh, with Dan Fletcher. Don't go anywhere. Make sure you hit that like and share. Get a couple words from our sponsors.
0: TSR Racing Products has everything you need to make your PowerGlide Turbo 350, Turbo 400, and 727 transmissions the best they can be on the street or at the track. With exceptional products, customer service, and over 30 years of experience, TSR Racing Products is always available to help their customers with any of their transmission needs. In-house machining ensures you only receive the best products from TSR Racing. Visit TSR Racing Products at TSR-Racing.com or give them a call at 800 394 5889
1: BRG Motorsports 3D printer racing parts are able to provide you with whatever you desire to enhance your drag racing operation. Items like safety belt magnets, nitrous bottle holders, and even quick release delay box mounts are able to be obtained from BRG Motorsports 3D printer racing parts. Have a look at top-selling items such as helmet hooks and steering wheel hooks, which are proven to make it easier to maneuver throughout your race car. You can contact BRG Motorsports 3D Printed Racing Parts at telephone number 765-729-1177.
0: All right, guys, we are back. Thank you, TSR. Thank you, BRG, for everything you do to keep the going bracket racing YouTube channel up and running. Dan this is a thinker right here i'm telling you but it's something that seemingly somebody who's been racing at least as long as i can remember if you had the ability to change some things in drag racing today the way things operate or how they run what would you change would you change anything how could you make it go back to i guess i would say back in the 90s 2000s uh I guess even back to the '80s, where you could make a living drag racing fairly easily if you know what you're doing.
2: Yeah. Well, f- for me, any drag racing, um, I won a week ago in Charlotte. I won stock It was three hundred and forty dollars on and I won fifteen hundred dollars. That's the same. $1,500 that a man would have won for a Stock Eliminator 25 years ago. That kind of sucks. Entry fees used to be like 180 Now it's 340 But what are you going to do? That's the way it goes. But the big thing is, is the sticker money. I used to have in stock at least like 50 decals. I barely had 20. So... What I wish is that social media didn't exist. <laughs> sponsors needed sponsors needed to uh, actually, you know, sponsor a brick and mortar store as opposed to, uh, you know, lights and chairs. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I mean, you know, so we but that's the way it is. Um, I wish somehow, and there, there's no way the world changes, life changes, right? I mean, I wish that there was still a manufacturer's midway at NHRA where you could go from one end to the other and virtually build a complete race car. There's nothing there anymore because it costs so much money to send, you know, put you in a tractor trailer and send you down the road. The amount of money it costs to go do that for that kind of marketing program is just, you know, it doesn't make sense for sponsors and companies, companies in general, company X, Y, Z, doesn't matter. As opposed to having a truck driver and a truck down the road and, Hotels and blah, 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 they can, you know, company XYZ could send a case of Hannah Freeze to uh, some YouTuber that lives in his parents' basement and he gets um, X number of views online and they're, wait, but that's the way the world is. What are you going to do? So I wish I could change that, but, you know, I used to walk to school both ways in the snow, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's just <laughs> the way it is. At bracket races, again, now, I guess I'm an old guy, whatever, and I know that promoters have to do it. I mean, my whole family works for for Pete and Kyle, and I always say Pete and Kyle, work for the Flings. Um, And I know you got to do whatever, but I wish there wasn't buybacks. And I wish there wasn't double entries. <laughs> you know, when I first went, when my dad and I took the Superstock car to Moroso, did a five-day in the late 80s for the first time, you unloaded and you raced one time. You got beat one time and you put your car in the trailer. You know, I wish, but I know for to generate the purses and blah, 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 that that can't happen. But I, I
0: so wish it was not double entries and it was not buybacks. I agree. I agree with that 100%, Dan, and uh, I was—I talk to George about that all the time, and I talk on this show about that all the time, and the thing I found very interesting about the spring fling, or the fall fling, I guess I should say, spring fling bracket races put on fall fling at Bristol the other day, the thing I found very interesting is look who you saw in the later rounds. It wasn't the names that you normally see. There's a lot of guys who lost that first entry, and they only had one gun going into the next round, and they didn't get very far. That being said, Kyle Coltrera was very deep. Kevin Brandon was very deep. Like, there's a lot of guys that were, and it didn't affect. But I just always think that personally, you know, obviously I'm, I agree with you. It's impossible to do that nowadays. It's just not, especially with the travel costs, things like that. You show up, you only have one shot. That's, that's tough. Now, if you know you're getting into it, it is what it is. But the thing is, is that if you, you know – I just think that it, it always will show who's the most prepared at the end of the day if, if you got one shot.
2: Well, I don't know if it will or won't. Actually, again, when, while you're talking, I didn't really think about that, that the better guys, multiple chances, i.e., double entry, buybacks. I mean, basically, four tries, right? I mean, as opposed to one. That might actually help the guy that isn't as good probably win, and I and I wasn't saying it for that reason. I mean, really, I mean, but I probably do think that when you give, you know, the guy that's whoever is the best of of today, pick whoever you think it is, you let him double and let him buy back, and that guy was better than you to start with. Well, now you got a problem, right? Right. You might be able to. And, I, and I'm, I'm being honest right now. I've never really thought about it like that. I say I wish there wasn't buybacks and doubles just because I'm not a rich guy and I'm a crackhead. <laughs> <And> I know, <laughs> when I go, if they're going to let you double and let you buy back, then I'm probably going to do it. But I'd rather not. I'd rather right. just go there and know that I've only got to take X amount of dollars. Right. I, that's, that's why I'm saying I don't like it right. because I can't. I can't afford to just, dude, some of these people got to be going broke that don't win these things, going to all these races. Holy cow. But but I never really thought about that no doubles, no buybacks gives the
0: guy that isn't as good a better chance. And I never really
2: thought about that until right this second.
0: Well, and the fact of the matter is the way I've always thought about it, because I've been the guy who's been doubled or not on my own dime. And I've also been the guy who's been singled because I can't afford to double on my own dime type thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know how it is. We race at Galat every time that they're open and they allow double entry, stuff like that. You know, I always single enter that because I'm on my own dime now and. To be honest, I have too many race cars for what I for what I should have, to be honest with you. But, but, but to go to go double a glad is virtually free. The
2: entry fee right. is so minimal, right? right? So I can live with that, right? Right. But when I went to Jared's um Labor Day footbreak race, and it was a grand honor, and you doubled, and you had to buy back once or twice and fuel money, dude. I mean, I was stuck three grand to go for the weekend. Right, that that's like a whole month's worth of money. That's the electric bill and the. the, the, the I can't the do that. I got to start making better decisions. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, you get there and it's like you're at the friggin' casino and you lost. You're out. You're at the ATM getting more money. You know, but.
0: So I wish that there wasn't an option because I'm not mature enough to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think you're the only one that's that way. I you, think no percent at least. <laughs> right, right. And, I mean, the fact of the matter is, I mean, if you just think of it in the grand scheme of things, like I'll just use myself an example. You say Casey and you say Nick Hastings. We all know who's the better racer there, and it isn't me. But the fact of the matter is we can all agree that Nick Hastings is – if Nick Hastings is the best racer there and you give him two shots, now he's two of the best racers there. Oh, you know sure. what I mean? So, I mean, that's – that. but like I said, you know, that – you know, regardless of if I'm going to double in or not, I really don't care because it makes bracket racing bigger. It makes these big purses come out. It gets more people interested, and it allows something like Motor Mania to exist where if I can't afford to go racing, at least I can watch it on TV during the weekend.
1: Yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah, Oh that's definitely true. And so moving on and throughout this stream here, seemingly this is probably and I'm calling it here right now. I'm going bracket racing live. This winter is probably going to be one of the most um that I can remember drama wise it's going to be full of drama we got the WDRA coming out live and 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 pushing in hard you got IHRA getting purchased by Larry Jeffers and then hiring a prominent bracket racing family to head the kind of the relationship side of the game and Hamlin's uh Paige Hamlin uh, taking that job on Talk to me uh, on your opinion of the new sanctioning bodies entering into drag racing in 2023. If you have any thoughts of it, uh, to, to speak on.
2: Well, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't really have a lot of opinion. Um, I, I know that IHRA, the way it was existing, was basically a membership organization, you know, for bracket racing, and they service their tracks. Um, had their Summit Super Series had their bracket finals and what have you that um, was all well and good NHRA is what it is for class racing I don't think that, I don't think that NHRA or the new what, what is it w, the World Drag Racing Association WDRA yep. I don't think Either one of them, I don't believe, are going to be interested in class car racing, stock, super stock, 8 dollars I, I really think it's just they're both going to be about bracket is my opinion. Um, and I don't know that. That's just my opinion. I don't know that there's enough, you know... Like Stock Superstock, again, it's a predominantly older crowd, right? I used to be a young kid. I'm not anymore, right? I mean, my kids got into us through nepotism, right? Last year. There's not young people involved in Stock Superstock. No one wants to go. I went on Charlotte. Charlotte was great. But I was done on Friday by noon, and I was done Saturday and one car by noon, sat there for eight hours before he ran the other car. Young kids don't want to do that. And honestly, with the COVID year and not getting an HRA race much, you know, I got to tell you, the, the luster wore off that apple for me a little bit. I'm not be really down with sitting there just doing nothing. So what's going to happen with the new organizations with IHRA, with WDRA? Frankly, I don't think it's going to really move the meter much either way. I think that they're going to have racetracks and sanctioned bracket races and probably have bracket finals and yada, yada. And NHRA is going to keep doing what they do where, you know, they let guys like me come there. Um, But they're all about just the pro deal, obviously. And uh, fortunately, I have sponsors that, you know, recognize the value of having a good quality sportsman team at the NHRA events. A lot of my sponsors do recognize the value of the live streamed events, the bracket races. Um, uh, obviously I'm doing a lot more bracket racing right now than I hadn't, you know, but COVID, well, dude, I mean, until the COVID year, like right now, I mean, I'd be, I'd be on my way to Dallas right now, or I'd be going to Vegas and Pomona, but it just right now to consider that kind of, Expense and effort is just silly. I'm gonna go two hours up the road Thursday night and go to Virginia. It's ten twenty ten.
1: And I, I noticed that decision come and kind of your thought process be portrayed. Uh, thanks to my good friend, Brad Gep- Gephardt, for reminding me of this. But you, you you skipped out on the U.S. Nationals and wound up bracket racing. I'm pretty sure it was economy driven. And, hey, like you just said, I could go right up the street and go race for 100 grand or whatever race it was. I don't remember. But, it was. you know, so, you know, so that uh, it's definitely a thought that I'm sure a lot of people have, especially in this economy. Sorry about the case. And I mean,
2: I, I, whether it was the right decision or the wrong decision, I, you know, I, I don't know. To go to Indy, you know, from where I live now, I mean, it would have been like it was, I mean, it was 700, 800 miles, whatever it was. You know, it was, Maybe it was 850. It was an extreme. Dude, I was going to be stuck. I mean, with fuel now, I mean, it's like a dollar a mile to drive the thing down the road. Right. So I was going to be stuck like 1700 in fuel to go to Indy. Where I went four hours up the road to, to Bristol, but then instead of the beauty of NHRA, what I going back to my double entry and my buyback thing. At least when I go to an NHRA race, I know it's only three forty a car, and it's as deep as I can get stuck. It's, right. Where I, you know, the other deal you can. So I wound up spending more, but at least I was racing for more. But I. I don't know. A man's just got to be smart and be disciplined. That's all. And every aspect of it. When when we drop our schedule for next year, there's going to... I'm going to try and just do a very nice blend. You know, a nice blend of big bracket races. I really like the footbreak stuff. Nice NHRA, you know, six or eight national events there. Some divisional races. You know, the local bracket scene down here. I mean, they're fortunately i'm down here now not in upstate new york that's
0: all i can say
1: uh-huh.
0: <laughs> Well, and the fact of the matter is man it's like you were saying earlier it costs you 350 dollars to enter at charlotte and everything and yeah that is what you're going to spend and it is what it is but you're going to vmp to run three races all for more money than that for 50 bucks more and you get three races I mean, you just can't shake a stick at it, you know? Yeah, but when I go to BMP, I'm going to double. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'll probably have
2: to buy at least one entry or two entries back over the course of the weekend, you know? I
0: So I'm going to be stuck a grand in an entry by the time you leave, you know? Yep. but you'd be but, stuck a grand in three days of entering HRA too. Yeah, well, 680 so, you know, 680? but... <laughs> I'm helping you out. I'm helping out your rationale here. Uh, uh,
2: it's... Dude, it's enough for the faint of heart, no matter what. That's what I say, though. I wish that, like going to VMP, I wish that it was just you could only single and not and not buy back. That would be so much gooder, but I know then they couldn't pay 10-20-10. I get it. right? Yeah. I,
0: I understand. I just, uh-huh. I should have been born friggin' rich instead of handsome, that's all. <laughs> I know it, man. Ain't and it the truth? So, yeah. I, I, I have a question for you that pertains just to you know, we North Carolina racers, but I want you to kind of uh, kind of expand on this. We had Tyler Bohannon on, and obviously they're big into class racing the Bohannon and stuff like that. Uh, we were talking to him about, you know, stock and super stock and how you have to have certain parts for this, certain parts for that. And people don't really recognize like, oh, these cars aren't necessarily as consistent as your hardcore bracket car, but that's why. Now, that being said, do you think that if they were a little less stringent on rules packages at least for like super stock or something because there's a little more leeway there do you think there would be a little more interest in that type of racing just say like maybe maybe for example you don't have to necessarily run a quadjet, you can run 4150, like everybody has something like that well i
2: don't think dude I, I i don't think that uh class racer guys are class racer guys and i don't think that no, I don't. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think that if <clears throat> they made it more of a bracket race, it's already a bracket race. That's all it is, right? Right. Once you get hooked heads up. But the, the, and I, dude, I'm far from being that guy, but stock and super stock, I mean, it is there is a purist aspect of it that it's not supposed to just be a bracket race, right? I mean, right. you're supposed to make your car fast and work on it. That's never been my thing. I've always just been a bracket racer that looked at it as an opportunity to, you know, to win a, Make a living. well, dude, when I left Xerox, I mean, I looked at, you know, all I had was one car, my dad's car. And super stock was a bottom ball bracket racer through Transbrake, you know, and a, a car wasn't real far into the index, but it was far enough. And if you don't get hooked up uh, heads up, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, for me as a bracket racer, it was a great opportunity to, I can go to one of these things and make damn near 20 grand. And I mean, and I looked at the competition. I'm like, I can go win these things. I know I can. Well, anymore with the bracket racing landscape that is now, you know, young, well, you know, here I'm going to say now what you said might make sense because young kids, they don't want to have to go through all these specific things and, you know, whatever to build this car. And it's got to be, the heads have to be this and the blah, blah, blah. They don't want it. But that's stock and super stock. And it, even me being a, you know, just a bracket racer guy, whatever, that does that, I would not want that perverted. You know, it, it, there has to be some stock and super stock is supposed to be different. It is just a bracket race, but it's not. You know, and I, I wouldn't want to see that aspect taken away. And I'm not that
0: guy, but I wouldn't right. want to see it taken away. Right. Now, that being said, I know you you run some CCRA stuff out here, yeah. which Carolina class racers. That's that's what I was getting at before I got off on a tangent. That's why I was saying around North Carolina. But so compare and contrast that kind of for us versus NHRA, because they're still as far as I know. I mean, the little I do know about it, they're still pretty, pretty good about paying attention to stuff. But they don't do the heads up runs. As far as I know, they don't do tear downs as far as I know. Um I know you've you've won a couple of them, right?
2: Yeah, no, my, my son, Timothy, and I have done done well at them. They do a great job with them. The people that run, Tabitha and her sister, they, they do a great job running the deal. Um, and they're all legal class cars, and that's almost kind of self-policed because everyone knows everyone, and everyone knows that you don't have, you know, don't take it the wrong way, but just some, you know, show up with a station wagon and claim it as a, you know, GT, whatever, when, you know, and everyone knows that everyone's car's legit. They're all, I mean, could someone be a CC off? I, I don't know, maybe, but no, they don't have AFR 235s on it or something. Right, 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 right. Exactly. Like, exactly. So, but it's, it's, the CCRA deal is really fun down here to me. I can go to Kinston. It's an hour away. Coastal's two hours away. Um, we're going to have on the the CCRs. We're having a combo race at Galat in a couple of weeks during their show and shine thing, whatever. Um, the combo races to me are great. I mean, at Kinston, I don't even sleep there. I drive home. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's-, I mean, it's an hour. It- it's awesome. And it's like, I don't know, you don't win a fortune. You don't spend a fortune. It's a hundred bucks down there. There's no buybacks. You win, it's like 1,500 bucks or whatever. I mean, it's one day, bam, bam, bam.
0: I'm good with it, you know? Yeah. And the thing that I think is cool about it, not not being involved with it, but just running the normal, you know, super pro top, whatever they call it out here now. Um, You know, just doing that. I get to look at a car show at the same time. I get to see people that you usually would see racing on TV, get to see every single car racing stock and super stock at an event like that is, first of all, they're very nice cars. Ninety nine percent of the time second of all you never see the same thing because you guys do such crazy stuff to get in the next class or whatever that this car might have this one time and then you might have a different motor in it the next time you can see your car which until recently had a copo motor and a 69 camaro i mean i just think that it really gives people opportunities to see things they wouldn't normally see stock and super Stack are
2: two of the greatest classes in the world. And any tree has its problems, its issues. There's things I might not be happy with, but the classes themselves, like you said, they are a car show. Everyone's cars are super nice. It's a lot of rich guys. I mean, they got all nice stuff, you know, and there's a myriad of equipment, a myriad, all kinds of everything from, you know, Hemi Cudas to like my dad's car, a 69 Camaro with an LS motor in it, to station wagons. To, I mean, there's a broad spectrum of cars they're all very nice. They're they're there is a lot that goes into making, you know, a three oh five with a quadruple go eleven fifty or something. You know, I mean it, it's it is it is cool in that aspect. Um it does suck to have to spend money to jump <laughs> through hoops, which racket racer guys don't wanna do that stuff. It's it's why God made chocolate and vanilla, right? I mean that's just the way- pick,
1: pick your flavor
0: that's the truth man the uh the the cool part about that whole deal is uh for example uh, you know realistically ccra is a small series just in this sector of the country but earlier this year when there was no nhra event i want to say didn't that race that uh, either you or tim won they had like 50 cars there or something oh, like yeah. no they, they get 40 to 50 cars at those things i mean they draw pretty well and it's
2: well, dude, dude, down here there's a lot of racers down here. and There's a lot of class racers, you know. So, and they do a very nice job with it. I mean, they really do. They run a very nice series. They have, they have some sponsors for best losing packages and you know, be, you know, best this that whatever. I mean, they do a super good job with it. They really do. It's, it's very enjoyable.
0: Yeah. So I have a question for you, real quick, uh, before I let George get to the next one, because it's something I've always wondered. What is Micro Strategies?
2: Um, Anthony Bongiovanni owns a company named MicroStrategies. It's basically an IT company. If your company has computers, they can help you. That's the bottom line. Any networking solutions, business solutions, any company that has from large to small, you know, they're best with like mid range, you know, hundred person companies that, you know, have network computer systems, what have you, they do a lot of security work. You know, for, with computer systems, but any, any company that has computers and has an IT program, they they don't just like write code. They, they can do anything to maximize your efficiency of your
0: computer networking system okay cool that clear that clarifies it for me because i've always wondered what that is and i've never had time to actually look into it but that goes to show you right there that uh somebody who actually is just in racing for racing still does look at the side of the door absolutely well he's he's uh
2: anthony's uh uh, into racing he got he's another one i got hooked his uh he like went to he's from jersey he went to Englishtown one time with a friend or something um saw the junior program there, he had two daughters. They, so he got into juniors with the daughters and now he's got like, I don't know, six or eight Cobra jet Mustang factory race car things, and awesome. you know, motorhomes and toter homes and travel, you know, just another one that, <laughs> but he's a great supporter of the sport. Um, he was super nice guy and he, he did well at I went to maple grove for him to the keystones cuz that's basically his home race and he, uh he got the sunday he got the four cars but he went down there so wow. he's a good racer he's won races beautiful stuff you know
1: wow. so and and I'm going to caveat this question by saying I can imagine myself one day possibly this is definitely something that could happen guys so uh go to visit casey and Find out at old Dan's having a party at his house. Well, I can <laughs> see myself finding my way, hopefully with your shamp- uh, supervision into your trophy room. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and and uh, maybe I get lost in the gold. I don't know what'll happen. My eyes might just turn into dollar signs or something. I don't know, but I, I, we asked this question to Jay Coughlin too. 106 national event wins. What else is there for Dan Fletcher to accomplish that would make you? I'm pretty sure you already feel you have to. There's no way you don't. And if if you have this a, a thought process that you aren't accomplished, go to said trophy room, and I'm sure your mind will change just instantly. Okay.
2: You want to go to said trophy room? I, I should, Heck yeah, I want to go to <laughs> said trophy room. <laughs> I
1: don't know if you're gonna really like this or not. Hey. I don't think there's a way to dislike 106 event rooms.
2: Now we're walking upstairs in the shop. That's walking the upstairs cave. in the Look shop.
1: It's a man cave. I, I knew I so was This right. is Tim-
2: Timothy and Myz race shop. Um, so we don't have a shortage of Mickey Thompson tires. Absolutely like. not. So we got some Mickey's in the wall. <laughs> All right, this is sad and embarrassing. Ready? Here's the trophy room. Boxes <laughs> those boxes. I'm trying to do this right here. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm not doing it very good, but I wish the camera faced the other way on the laptop. But not, not those boxes. All of these boxes. See that? Like that to that? That one says number oh, that's from OA. That's wow. from O2. That's When we moved down here, that's a better, that's terrible, but when we moved down here, we had to package up a (laughs) hundred (laughs) trophies. Well, that wasn't the easiest thing to do because you didn't keep the boxes when you (laughs) won. So we had to get like a hundred boxes off Amazon and right now, right now, because of the living configuration here. they're still up in the attic above the shop. <laughs> so all, what's my trophy room? Wasn't that
1: impressive? <laughs> it was great. <laughs>
0: hey, it, it seems to me like once you win uh, that many races, that you don't care about the trophies much anymore. Because uh, Nick Hastings right.
2: looks similar to that. <laughs> I put that one out for you. That was the most recent one. Got it. That's 106, 106. from Charlotte.
1: 106. It was the one
2: that put me past Frank Manzo in the second
1: place. So I, I, I got that one out for you. So so and, and and what what else do you feel like you need to accomplish if anything
2: Um God don't take this the wrong way but nothing really I just I want to just pay the bills, you know, keep the lights on. Um I'm very proud to have had actual legit real corporate sponsorship for over 25 years. You know, super proud of that. Um just want to, you know, I, I dude, I don't, I, I'm not that guy that needs, uh, you know, needs the limelight or needs anything. I, I just want to just, you know, keep the lights on. I would like to probably, <laughs> it, it's not going to happen for a while. I did kind of have a hard on to win. I wanted to win the stock national championship, and I, but I don't really race for points anymore. But now that I'm down here, maybe I will. You know, I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but I won Superstack twice and Comp once. I wanted to win the championship in stock, and I finished second and third several times, just never won. I would like to do that. Um, I want to run my win total up to probably at least 115, you know. So, I, and when I ran 20 national events a year, that wasn't undoable. <laughs> well, now I'm mm-hmm. to run, you know, eight, you know, it makes it a little harder, you know, but... Um, it does suck for me down here now for NHRA that uh, um, Atlanta closed a year ago, you know, NHRA sold Atlanta and Richmond not going to have a national event next year. So two of my local national events got taken so that, and it makes it hard to go on your horse, you know, to go to more races. I mean, I got two Charlottes, Bristol, Gainesville, um, Go to Maple Grove. That's five. Then to go to Norwalk is six hundred. To go to Andes like seven hundred. I mean it. You know, it's it's hard to justify going to those things. But you know, you got to represent your sponsors and do whatever. But um, so, what do I need to do? I just need to keep the rent keep keep the rent paid, the lights on. You know, that's keep my sponsors happy.
0: That, that's that's all I need to do. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So we've established. You're headed to VMP this weekend, triple threat. Are you going to go to the OG million? No, I'm not.
2: Um, And I could, and I thought about it, but honestly, that's the weekend of the Glot um, combo race thing. And I'm Mm -hmm. not even going to be racing, but I offered to help um, the track run the event for them. Timothy will be racing the ATI stocker there. And I'm going to go there and, you know, just help out. Um, I took the motor out of the super stock car two days ago, um, set that on a truck today to send it up to my engine builder, Brian Tilburg, to get it rebuilt for next year. Um, again, at this point in time, here it is October, right? Um, that motor in that car is a bottom stock copo bottom end with a race top end, got ported heads and whatever, but it needs pistons and. So it's October. He's got to get that thing apart and order pistons. He ain't going to have pistons till January. Jeez. You know? Right. And I mean, to get the thing back and have it for Dangel in March, I had to get stepping. So Jeez. Um, go to VMP, and then uh, we're going to race. Uh, Timothy's going to Orlando next week with the ATI car um, to the points meet. He'll run, he'll run that combo race. Then we'll bracket race the Halloween Havoc race at Galat. Um, and then, uh, there's another one of Beard's races at go out top ball race in November, one of Beard's races at Darlington, a footbreak race later in November. And then last year, the first of December, I went to Kinson for the first time. So <laughs> I might, I might be racing until
0: December, but pretty much just we'll finish up with some bracket racing here, you know? Pretty cool. Awesome, man. I have one more question for you that I just thought of since, since we were just talking about your LS-based motor in the Camaro, because you're one of the few people that I know that has experience with both. What is your opinion of the LS-based platform versus small black Chevy platform as far as like maintenance, parts quality, uh, longevity, stuff like that? What is, uh, how do they, how do they last? Why is the LS platform not more embraced And the drag racing community, like I know it is obviously for put a turbo on and it's fast type thing, you know. But I mean, as far as bracket racing, it seems like there's only a few people that have an LS-based platform. Um, What's your opinion of that, having experience with both? My limited experience with the LS platform is the
2: Copo. You know, I had a Copo um, and it was just the factory motor that came in the car from Chevrolet. I'd put over three hundred runs on it. I mean, you know, I the first time with the first one, I got another one and same deal. Put three hundred runs on it. Then we made one into a race motor to make it faster. Longevity was fantastic. I felt. Now, see, again, that's it, one of those things that when I started this stock super stock deal, people would freshen their motors at hundred runs. And no
1: joke.
2: No joke. You would a hundred runs. You got to freshen it. Well, you know, I, that's not. I mean, and I, I, not that it's like a whole lot, but like, you know, the well, the Nova's in the trailer, but it's got like five hundred runs on the motor right now, um, and we aren't going to take it out this winter. We're going to because now we're doing a lot of eighth mile race, you know. Right. Now, so, now the Nova and the wagon are both four thirty fours. To me, that's a extremely reliable, strong, robust platform. That four thirty four. But that LS deal, and I said it on one of a uh, Luke and Judd's deal. Justin Lamb is uh, friends with uh, Hastings, and he is like he puts over two thousand runs on that LS motor in that car, and never but, takes the cover, never takes the valve covers off. I mean, just that is great. Yeah, yeah, I know. Believe me, I know. <laughs> um, he, uh, you know, I think you're probably going to see a lot more LSs. They they do seem to be extremely robust. I don't know nothing from nothing. I'm no engine builder, you know, but I mean, I take care of all my own equipment, but I have an engine builder. I have suppliers for components. But the LS platform does seem to be a pretty strong, you know, knock on wood, bulletproof because I got one now. Um, Seems to be a pretty, pretty good deal. And I think you're going to probably see a lot more
0: going that way. Well, I know that... uh I know that John Doc told me one night whenever I asked him that uh, at a test and tune, that black sheep car, I want to say, had the stock bottom end LS record for a long time. And he told me he knows for a fact they'll take 1,200 horsepower because he did it. And then it didn't yeah. work anymore after that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the motor, the LS motor of my dad's
2: car, I think that thing probably makes, I don't know if it makes nine hundred. No, it probably doesn't make that. It probably makes eight, eight something. You know, I would guess. You know, he. Had, I should know. He had it on the dyno, so I could figure it out. But when he, when Brian dynoed, he didn't dyno with the uh, fuel injection. He did it with the carburetor. But I mean, it probably made eight something. And that, but that's a stock Copo bottom end in that thing. So, but I guess you know, like he said, it's got all good components.
0: It's a Cali's crank, and you know whatever. So, six volt main. Pardon? I think aren't the LSs six bolt mains versus four bolt mains? You're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> well, I think they are, <laughs> but uh, I believe you. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't have one in my garage, but I, I'm fairly certain they are. The problem is, is I think you got to have a whole bunch of different tools that you would need versus small block Chevy, because I'm sure they got metric stuff in them. But uh, well, I know one thing: when the thing was hanging on the
2: cherry picker to drain the block, it's got. On the driver's side, it's got a, uh, a hacks. I mean, it has to be an over an inch in diameter, <laughs> whatever, whatever, that you would need to <laughs> take that plug out of that side. Jeez. Wow. When Fastenal blue Lane freight asked if all the fluids were drained, I might have fibbed
0: because I, <laughs> I, I did not have an Allen wrench that large. Yeah, I don't know who would, man. You'd have to invent something for that. But uh, dude, I'm
2: not, I'm not kidding you. So anyone who knows anything about the LSs will know that the one side, the passenger side, just had a three eighths, whatever. I mean, the other side, it was freaking huge.
0: <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs>
2: be better off
0: using angle iron or something
1: i don't know, yeah, I,
2: don't know. I, I put the radiator hose back on a water pump and just kind of folded it over and said okay it's sealed <laughs> yeah well it made it so yeah we'll see what well, happens i don't know if it did or not we'll see it made yeah. it you made it to clayton fast and all we'll see
0: if it gets it over yeah right. just don't uh don't answer the phone and for a couple days watch <laughs> no the tracking. Yeah, right <laughs> but, Right. But Dan, I know we've, uh, we've been hunting you down here for a couple weeks. Luckily, you know, we, we had to let you off to go win 106, man. So, uh, so you're welcome, but, uh, well, I, I want to give you, yeah, yeah, man. Uh, we appreciate you being on here, but we want to give you the opportunity to thank all your sponsors. We know you got a lot of them. So, uh, shout them out. Well, it, at this point, bro, I
2: mean, it just without sponsors, I could not, would not, no chance of doing this. Um, Micro strategies, number one, ATI, number two, you know, the two two primaries for the cars. Um, Mickey Thompson tires been there for literally, it's 2020, I mean, for damn near 30 years. I mean, Mickey Thompson tires, VP fuel, Denso, um, you know, let's let's just walk around a second here, shall we? (laughs) Might as well. We've already taken a tour of the whole rest of the shop. ATI. Mickey Thompson, Dan Fletcher Trailer Sales, Peak Squad, ATI, Denzo, MicroStrategies, VP. Just truly, truly blessed to have the help that I do. If I didn't have them, 0% chance I'd be able to do any of this. So
0: thanks to all that keep me rolling. Absolutely, man. Well, we want to thank you again for being on here with us, man, Uh, taking time. I know four race cars. I I only had two race cars and I know how much work it takes. So I can't imagine having twice that work. But uh, appreciate you taking some of the time out of your schedule to be here on GBR. Everybody got a shout out Driven Racing Oil, Ken Jones Performance, Team 14, Syntex Printing, TSR Racing Products, Champs Performance Parts and BRG 3D Printed Parts. And other than that, George, what do we say here?
1: As always, we'll see you guys next Tuesday. Thanks for joining us.